everybody, this is Janine O'Neill of JO Social Branding, and this is a Socialized Podcast, episode number 33, and today we have Azure Collier of Constant Contact. Azure is the Social Media Marketing and Community Manager for Constant Contact in Waltham, Massachusetts, where she oversees the company's social media networks, creates educational contents, and writes for the Constant Contact blog about social media and email marketing best practices for small businesses and nonprofits. Prior to joining Constant Contact, Azure worked in higher education at Worcester Polytech Institute and Fitchburg State University in the areas of social media marketing, multimedia content creation, website management, and public relations. She was also a journalist in the Midwest at the Times of Northwest Indiana in Valparaiso, Indiana, and the Journal and Courier in Lafayette, Indiana. She received a BA in Communications and Journalism from Purdue University and an MS in Applied Communications from Fitchburg State University, where she completed thesis research on social media and young adults. Welcome, Azure. Hi, thanks, Janine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Azure and I go back a few years now, pretty much with my relationship with Constant Contact. I met her at one of the, I believe, solution provider events, and then we've just seen each other here and there. We've attended the Agents of Change conference with one another um, for the past two years and um, are always sharing each other's social media content on Twitter. And so I'm so excited to have her here because she's going to be talking today about how to manage multiple social media accounts, which is something that I know I struggle with and the people that I talk to um, who are constantly asking me questions like, how do you manage all of these different accounts and manage your time doing other aspects of your business? So Azure is going to be helping us with giving us advice today on that. And I, I feel those people, it is not easy. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, it's so demanding. And I feel like I use social media management tools to automate some aspects of my marketing. But then I'm like, oh, man, that bucket is empty. Now I need to go back and fill it back up. And there's so many other directions that I'm being pulled in as well. And I know that I'm not the only one. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this topic. So can you explain what you do as the social media marketing and community manager at Constant Contact? Sure. I run the social networks at Constant Contact, and that means I create and curate content for the networks. I maintain a content schedule. I analyze the data that comes from our activity. I create strategy that links social media to our business goals. I connect with influencers in small business and email and social media marketing. I keep on top of and implement new trends, and I write about social media for the Constant Contact blog. That's all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe one or two other things besides that. (laughs) So how many social media accounts do you manage for Constant Contact? Well, right now uh, we're looking at six networks, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Google+, and I do oversee Instagram, but I do have some help with someone on our team who's creating images for that, but we still work together to, to figure out what kind of content we're posting and what's working there. Very interesting. Now, how often do you post to the Constant Contact social media accounts? It's, it's changed. We do reevaluate it. Uh, a couple of times a year, but right now we're posting seven days a week on Twitter and Pinterest and just weekdays for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Google+. Uh, We do post the most on Twitter and Pinterest because of how those networks operate. There's a ton of content coming to you all the time, so you do need to be visible, and in order to be visible, you have to post a lot. So on Twitter, that ranges from about nine times a day on the weekends, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, 
with Pinterest, anywhere between nine and 20 pins a day, depending on the day of the week and the hours of the day that are best for engagement. On Facebook, currently we're doing twice a day, mm -hmm. and Instagram, LinkedIn, and Google Plus are once a day. With all that you're doing over there with social media and content marketing management, how many hours in your work week do you spend on social media, would you say? I would guess 25 to 30. The other hours are spent writing blog posts or working on other kinds of projects. So how did you find the distinct posting schedules for each of your accounts? So I took over a majority of the networks earlier in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, I was just running Pinterest and Instagram. Mm -hmm. So some of this was grandfathered in for me. I didn't have to figure it out, but uh, I, I do you know, want to periodically, time to time, keep looking at that schedule and deciding if that's still best for us. With Facebook and Twitter, uh, the people who were doing it before had tested it and, you know, they trying to figure out, you know, we're doing this many tweets, are we getting engagement, what if we cut it down to this many, are we still getting engagement? And with Facebook, you have to change that all the time because of how it's changing its algorithm. So, you know, are you posting more, are you posting less? It's just depending on what's going on on Facebook. So there was some posting and testing involved. Currently with Facebook, we have a lot of things we'd like to promote. So, you know, I've increased the number of times we're posting on Facebook. That mm -hmm. could change in the future. Mm -hmm. With Instagram, we were posting once a day uh, around 4 o'clock is when we typically post on Instagram. And with all of these networks, you, you know, we're using a combination of either their analytics that come with them or other analytics tools like Simply Measured, which tells you a good time of day and day of the week that you should be posting and that can often change uh, month to month. And with Pinterest, I use a tool called Tailwind and Tailwind looks at the Pinterest pins and engagement and Pinterest does have an algorithm. It, it didn't for a couple of years, but once that algorithm was introduced, timing wasn't a major factor anymore, but it still is a factor. So you want to try everything you possibly can. So if Tailwind's telling me good times to post, I need to listen to that and just stick to those best times. And when you test, how long do you test for? Is it a week or is it two weeks or is it a day? Um, I recently did a test on a couple of our networks and I did it for a month. Okay. And what I did was I used um, Hootsuite and I had it and Hootsuite looks at your previous activity and decides, hey, this might be a good time to post on this day for you. Mm -hmm. So I just let Hootsuite determine that, and I did it for a month. And then I looked at the posts and the days and the times and figured it out, looked at the engagement. So mm -hmm. on these days, the posts that were shared at these times got the most engagement. So then I decided, yeah, then I came up with a schedule for that, that these are the critical times on these certain days of the week to post because that's what got us the most engagement. I mean, I always say this on past episodes as well, that the analytics and the reporting is that data that you need to be tapping into every now and then. I mean, you really have your finger on the pulse with it and you need to, but other people, it's just a matter of going in and just checking every now and then, whether it's your email marketing, your Facebook insights, Instagram for business now has the insights tool. Like you said, you have Tailwind and Simply Measured, but there's all this market research and data that's telling you how your audience is interacting. So why wouldn't you take that data so that you can best utilize these platforms and make sure that you're posting at the right times and the content that people want? 
And I think a mistake that some people make is thinking about how they use social networks yeah. and when they're online and they're posting, but when, when they are looking at Facebook, it might not be the same time that their audience is looking on Facebook. So you really have to think about the behavior of your audience. Like, for example, we're a business to business. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be posting on Facebook at 10 o'clock at night when maybe people you know, might be getting some Facebook time in before they go to bed because our audience is looking for marketing content. It's mm -hmm. not going to be looking at that at 10 o'clock at night. I actually came across that same issue in the very beginning when I started doing email marketing. So I was thinking, well, when is the best time for me to send my email newsletter? And I thought middle of the week, Wednesday, I think at the time there were certain reports out there that was telling me to do that as well, which I always kind of get nervous about those because if everybody takes the advice, now all your content falls into that same bucket in the, in the inbox at the same time. But what I thought, well, middle of the week Wednesday would probably good, be good. And I actually did a survey of my audience and everybody said they wanted it Sunday or Monday and nobody wanted it on Wednesday. So <laughs> I was, oh, interesting. yeah, isn't that interesting? I was completely off because I thought, well, you know, Mondays and Fridays is the weekend. Sometimes people take long weekends or a lot of holidays fall on those days. So, you know, people might not be checking in at that point or they want to completely just log out, you know, and not be online and um, or in their inbox. And I thought Wednesday was probably like the safe zone. And I just picked middle of the day because I thought people checking their inbox at lunchtime, which is silly. Like you said, it was when I would probably be checking it. And when the audience, they said they wanted it, it ended up being on Sunday mornings for a long time. But I just resurveyed my audience and it was split between Sunday and Monday. And so I'm testing out Mondays now, Monday mornings. And it seems to really be working and my click throughs and open rates have jumped back up. So it's this data, like I said, it's so valuable, whether you're looking at the analytics or surveying your audience, too. And it changes all the time, too. Just when you think you have it figured out, <laughs> right. your audience has some, some different behaviors that come up. And or an, a new algorithm comes into place that completely messes up your marketing game. Yep. With all the social media tools that you have, how do you use social media to communicate and engage with your constant contact online community? We like to use social media to be a resource for our community, and you can tell that by the content we share on our social networks. I share content that we created, I share curated content, no matter what it is, we want to help our community to be successful with their marketing, and I think our posts really reflect that. Right. Beyond the content we share, though, um, we do things like tweet chats, we had one yesterday, we want to help answer questions on certain topics our audience is interested in. We've also started experimenting with Facebook Live to give followers more one-on-one -on -one access with our experts. So we'll be doing more of that in the coming months. And we work with marketing and small business influencers to create content that shares pro tips and insights that they can in use to improve their marketing. So we have people guest blogging with us, we share those posts, we do things like slide shares, we offer tips. So trying to give people as many tips as possible, as many best practices and as much help as possible. Very interesting. Yeah. So like you said, you're really positioning yourself as a resource and not just email marketing, but all things online marketing. Exactly. Because it all works together. You can't just focus on email marketing. You have to focus on all of the tools that help make a business successful. 
Now, when you talk about content curation, for those of you that are listening who don't haven't heard the term, content curation is when you share other people's content. So um, whether you find an article that's interesting or maybe there's somebody that you follow and you think that piece of information will be valuable to your audience and you share it and usually cite the source or let people know that it's not content you created, you're curating it. But Azure, how what would you say the ratio is between creating and sharing your own content to curating other people's content? I think it depends on the networks. With something like Twitter or Pinterest where we share a lot of posts throughout the day, mm -hmm. a lot more of that content is going to be curated because we can't possibly write 20 blog posts in a day. Right. <laughs> You know, we also recycle some content too, so you can create content and use it in different ways. Um, you can share a blog post today, but then create an image of a tip in that blog post for Instagram tomorrow. So there's a lot of different ways that you can take the same piece of content and share it different ways on different networks. But the curation is important too, just because you can show people that you, you are interested in sharing different viewpoints and lots of different sources, that it's not just all the information has to come from you, that you're, you're really looking for their best interest and trying to keep up with what's going on in your industry and helping them figure that out too by sharing that curated content. Yeah. You know, I have found that with my own social media channels, everybody acts in a different way. So what my Facebook audience, how they react to something that I post is completely different from my Twitter audience, completely different from my Instagram audience. What I found when I go and talk to other marketing professionals, especially when it comes to blogging, is they don't think about that repurposing aspect, which blows my mind because you take the time to sit there and create this masterpiece and then you share it once or twice maybe. You can be thinking, thinking about how your audience is interacting with you on those other platforms, then taking that blog post and repurposing it, like you said, whether it's like a fun fact or a visual or a snippet and putting it on those platforms so that people can then consume it that way. Absolutely. That's so important because you're only one person mm -hmm. and you, you know, you create, you spend all this time creating this great content and you can do so much with it. It's not just writing one blog post, there's a lot of different things you can do with it, especially with visuals now. I mean, you could take a blog post and create an infographic from the tips or create individual images from tips, create an, a video where you're giving people the highlights of the post. There's, it's really endless. So with your social media accounts, do they stand on their own with specific purposes or do you sync them together to play off one another? Well, all of the accounts are a way for us to share resources and expertise to help customers and prospects. I mean, anybody who needs information is welcome to follow us on our social networks and take advantage of that information. Mm -hmm. But the content does differ from network to network. The way I write it is different for each network. The words I use, the length, um, sometimes the topics may vary. Of course, the image sizes because all of the networks have different image size needs. Mm -hmm. and and we talked about the schedule, how often we share on e content on each network does differ. But we might, you know, sometimes we'll share one piece of content across networks, but I do talk about it differently. I mean, our blog posts, for example, um, I might share that same blog post on Facebook, and I'm going to be conversational with that post. Mm -hmm. On Twitter, I'm stuck to that 140 characters, 
so I'm going to explain why someone should read this post um, in less than 140 characters and making sure I'm using things like important hashtags that might get people's attention. On LinkedIn, if I share that blog post, I need to think about the business purpose of the content. Is this blog post something that will help entrepreneurs? We have a lot of entrepreneurs that look at our LinkedIn posts. Mm -hmm. On Pinterest, that blog post, um, it might fit a couple of different boards depending on the topic. So if you have a blog post about email marketing holiday tips, that email marketing holiday tip blog post could fit in our email board but also our holiday tip board. Mm -hmm. So thinking about what you're saying and where you're posting it. Instagram is the one network you're not going to see a lot of crossover because it's about showing our employee culture, um, sharing quotes uh, for small businesses, for motivation, and also quotes from our customers, and sharing um, our expertise. We share a lot of marketing and Instagram tips on Instagram too. Um, but we do try to create posts on one network that drive you to another network. Mm -hmm. For example, there's a couple of times a week on Twitter that I post a quote on Twitter. And the quote is one that was originally pinned on our quotes for small business owners board on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And so I'll take that image of the quote, put it in that tweet, I'll either add a comment about the quote or just write the quote itself, and I'll have a link, and that link goes back to the Pinterest pin. Mm -hmm. So I'm using these quotes to drive you back to that pin on Pinterest. And we do have a Monday motivation quote on Instagram as well, so I tweet that image and that quote and put the link to the Instagram post. Yeah, many people don't think of ways that they can be tying all their social media accounts together. For me, with my email newsletter, I actually have an inspirational quote at the bottom, which is just something I thought was nice. It was something fun to end the newsletter on a positive note. I find that I'm with every newsletter that I have, I have at least one person clicking on that image and it's simply a Pinterest pin that's directing them to my Pinterest board. So whether they realize it or not, I'm directing that traffic to another way um, for them to interact with my brand and business. That's such a great idea. The, people love these quotes and they're all over Pinterest and yeah, that's such a great way to drive people back to your content, yeah. uh, leaking back to it in your newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. I figured, I mean, I've always liked quotes. And so I thought, you know, it's fun. Like I said, something to end the newsletter something a little different, but enough to drive people to the bottom to kind of see what the tip or the quote is for, for that week. And, um, whether they realize it or not, then I'm giving them the direction to, Hey, if they want to pin it and save it for later, but while they're there, it's going to be in my quote board on my account and they can hang out there for a little bit too. So there's many different ways that you can be taking this content that you've created, like you said, the blog post and then repurposing it for multiple channels or how you take one piece that you've created for one channel and then using it, like you said, Instagram and directing to Twitter or Twitter back to Instagram. Definitely. Having our conversation right now, I'm sure the listeners probably like, oh my gosh, this is so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. And there's so many <laughs> tips and advice. Um, and it, a lot of it is, it's about knowing who your audience is. And it always goes back to, I mean, the goal setting, like, why are you on these accounts? Like you said, you guys are a resource. You want to be positioned as a resource, a thought leader in the space, provide value, have people hang around more, enjoy their experience. But then you're, from what I've picked up is that you know how people are interacting on these different platforms. Facebook is different than Twitter. Like you said, you have to up your tweets because they don't last that long with Pinterest as well. So 
with all that is required of social media, and it's not just posting to social media and hoping that your audience engages, do you have any tips or best practices to those listening that helps them better manage their social media marketing while they might, might have other things that are demanding their time as well? Definitely. Uh, the first thing I would do is create a content plan. And you just mentioned this. Take a look at the social networks you're using. What's the purpose of each one? What do you want to accomplish with these networks? You might think about Facebook, and maybe Facebook's the place where you share news and information about your company, blog posts, promotions, events. On the other hand, Twitter could be a place for you for customer service or a place where you talk about information going on in your industry, um, and Instagram could be a way to show the faces behind your business. So, so think about what you might want to do with each network. And then I would think about themes for certain days of the week for your networks. Themes really help you in the decision of what am I going to post today. Mm -hmm. So let's take um, our Instagram network, for example. We have a Monday motivation quote every Monday. Um, we have Tip Tuesday. You could also do something like Throwback Thursday if you have a lot of great old photos and just do a Throwback Thursday every week. So this is going to make it a lot easier for you to decide what kind of content you want to share. Another tip, we talked about this before, reusing your content, specifically something called evergreen content. So this is content that's timeless and current. It doesn't have an expiration date. It could be shared all year round. So things like information from your frequently asked questions on your website or take a look at your analytics. What are your top most popular blog posts? Are any of the content that you could share any time of year that would be applicable? Uh, are there videos about your business or infographics or slide shares? The great thing about using a tool like Hootsuite is you can create posts for your different networks in Hootsuite and it's got a content library. So you can save all these to your content library and just reuse them over and over again whenever you want. The other thing I would think about is content creation. So specifically co curated content. Everything you share doesn't have to be original. Make sure that you're sharing that curated content from experts you trust, people in the industry, news websites, influencers, customers, employees, wherever you find content that would be valuable for your audience. And doing this, lets people know that you are on top of things in your industry. You are in the know. You are an expert on the latest trends and the latest news, and this is going to make you a source that people turn to when they need to find information from you. And you can make curation easy on yourself. I use a, um, a tool called Feedly. So I add all the blogs that I read on a daily basis in Feedly, and it's really easy. It just gives me the, you know, what are the new blog posts today? And then from there I could click on it, and then schedule these posts to go out on whatever networks I want. My last tip is to create a posting calendar and a scheduling tool to schedule posts. So do the testing that we talked about earlier. What days of the week, what times of the day are best to share the content? And create that posting calendar. So on these days, on these networks, I'm posting at these times. And if you're using tools like Hootsuite, and there's tons of other tools out there that you can schedule. You've got those times and days, and now every day you go in and you know when it is that you're supposed to create and schedule these posts. 
Wow, so much great advice. So a couple of things that I picked up on there, the themes, I love that idea and I've suggested that to my clients as well. It just makes you have a little bit more control of your social media marketing, which feels like it can get out of control very easily. Um, like Monday motivations, like you said, Tuesday tips, throwback Thursday, I've done fan Fridays, uh, and what you can do with that is that once you have some sort of theme schedule in place, now the scheduling tools that you have when you have time, so maybe things are a little bit slow on Monday mornings, go and schedule your content out. And not that you should be completely 100% automating your, your social media because you have to be there to interact and engage, but using these tools and the tips that Azure said, then you can be um, buying yourself some time because you're not like, oh, I have to go to Facebook now and, and create that piece. You, you do it in one setting, get all of your content ready to go, ready to fly out, and then just kind of be checking back in on social media or being notified with alerts if somebody's commenting or interacting on your content. Yeah, that's exactly what I do every day. We've got this calendar already established. I come in, I fill in the blanks, I schedule the post, and then during the day while I'm working on other things, I'm getting these alerts. So things that need my attention during the day, I'll get alerted to and I'll be able to take care of that. And the other thing too is that you don't have to be 100% stuck on a schedule too. If you are out and about and maybe there's something that you see or experience that you think your audience would like and you take a picture and share it on Instagram or decide to post it on Facebook or maybe you're inspired to go live and do something that's happening in the moment, go ahead and do that because then it adds a little bit more variety and I don't think your audience is really thinking, oh wow, there's so much structure with this posting, here's the Monday motivation and the Tuesday tip, but it adds a little bit more flavor to your marketing as well. I like the spontaneity too and I think tools like Instagram stories that was released a couple months ago, mm -hmm. that's a great way to do some of these spontaneous kinds of posts to show people behind the scenes, give them that flavor that they might not get otherwise. Yeah, and something you had said before, I love this about how you do your social media, is that with Instagram, you guys show the company culture. So there's the hashtag CTCT life, and it's showing the employees and the customer or employees and the offices and things that are going on within constant contact. So it's not so much of sharing resources it's like hey this is who's working behind the scenes this is what we're about and it's so fun to see just from my perspective because some of the people I do know and I've been able to go to HQ because it's pretty close to me but it's a great way to let your personality shine as a business and organization as well. And that's a great way to get your employees involved. Um, we have regrammed pictures that our employees have taken, and we can't be everywhere all the time. So we have that hashtag CTCTLife, and we've got signs in the building encouraging people to post. So we're monitoring that on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, you know, if we see a great photo, we'll definitely ask the employee if we can reshare it. But that's a great way for you to have content to share without having to do it yourself, too, to encourage your employees to do it. Exactly. So... You had mentioned some social media tools that you use. Um, is there any other third-party apps that you use to help amplify your social media? 
So I, I did mention Hootsuite, and you know, it's one of many scheduling tools out there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also Tailwind for Pinterest that I use. Uh, that's for scheduling and for pulling analytics. Mm -hmm. And then I use Simply Measured for some of our accounts as well. So that's a way to take a look at how much engagement you get every month, what are your top posts for the month, what's the top time and day for you to post, um, things like keywords. I mean, it really varies between networks. You could also set it up to monitor a hashtag. So if you've got a campaign going on, you can check out and see how much activity there was around that hashtag. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the top ones that we use. Um, we're a corporate you know, business, so um, not everybody can afford those tools. But if you can, you know, and they have different price ranges as well. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend those three. Very cool. I use Tailwind um, and I also use Buffer, so which is like Hootsuite. It's a, it's much more simple, um, so you don't get the big reporting aspect behind the scenes, but the reporting and analytics is clean and it gives you a general idea. So for those that feel intimidated with social media um, or they just want the quick information, I find that Buffer is easy to use and it's free to a point and then if you upgrade, I think it's $10 to unlock additional features, which I've actually never done. I just use the free tool. Which other businesses and brands do you think are using social media really well or in specific ways? Uh, well, I've got two online businesses that I think have been doing a great job. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is Grammarly. I don't know if you've used the Grammarly app, um, but I've added it onto my um, my Chrome browser. Mm -hmm. So Grammarly helps check your grammar in all kinds of applications. And it's great if you're posting to social media so it can catch those mistakes before you hit that publish button. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they're all about writing and they've got a great sense of humor. They have tons of shareable content. They had this infographic that we shared on Twitter that turned out to be our top post on Twitter for the month. It was who makes fewer writing mistakes, early birds or night owls. So they did have this research and they made this great infographic from it. Um, and by the way, it was the earlier early birds that make fewer writing mistakes. Um, they they have they share funny gifts. They have polls every day. They have a post about you know grammar mistake that people make. How to use this word correctly or is it spelled this way or this way so they're just a great resource all around I've heard about them more and more because their ads are getting served to me through Pandora and I've been on other social media platforms so they're obviously doing a good job with their targeting game as well definitely and the other tool I think that does a great job is Canva um, and which I know you know Canva I love Canva <laughs> They're so great. They're an image tool. So it's free, but they also have some paid tools as well. But they have tons of information on their blog, and they share this out everywhere, like how-to info, lots of examples, lots of design tips. Mm -hmm. They have tons of guides and templates and curated content on marketing tips. Mm -hmm. So they're very image-oriented. And as someone who you know wasn't didn't study art or, anything, or design or anything like that, I find their tips to be really helpful when I'm thinking about creating images. Yeah, Canva is such a valuable resource. I don't know where I would be without them at this point because, well, with visual marketing, I mean, there's so much going on in all of the news feeds. You really need to stand out and find a way to do that, and visuals are the best way. And the tool is just so easy to use and to design these amazing graphics or to design graphics that tie in with your branding 
And it's just, it's so easy. It's the, you pull in boxes, you put the text or you upload images and put text over it. And it's an easy download and an easy upload to your social media. And um, it's just an awesome tool all around. And it, I think they go above and beyond too because they have all of these templates set up in there. They're, you know, all these design examples that you could start with. And they've got free ones, they've got paid ones. But then they go on their blog and just share more design tips. It's just a really great resource. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't checked out their blog. I'm going to have to do that soon. And I'll include these links in the show notes as well. I was going to mention two constant contact customers that do social media really well too. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is A&J King Bakery in Salem. Mm -hmm. On Facebook, they show a lot of their behind the scenes. They've got, of course, pictures of the delicious pastries they make. Mm -hmm. But you know, they're showing off their business, what's going on. But they also do a really good job of showing off what's going on in Salem. They have tons of info about festivals or other local businesses that you should check out in Salem. So I think they do social really well. And La Provence in Rockport, Massachusetts, similar thing. They're showing behind the scenes, the products they have. The owner, Dawn, is really great about showing her life, what's going on in her life and with her kids. And they also do a good job with tourism where they're they have events with other local businesses around things like Small Business Saturday, and they share a lot of things that are going on in the town, too, so they, they really have a good sense of community. Yeah, I, I've seen both of them on social media, La Provence more, just because I know Dawn as well, and it's so important that you're showing off your personality and helping the business community. Um, I know that La Provence, there's a few others that they'll share each other's stuff, but it's it's a sense of community they're pulling together. It's the content curation aspect of it, but it's also letting the audience know what's going on in and around the area because maybe they'll see something, they'll come to town, and then they'll be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to go and check out La Provence, or I'm going to go to A&J King Bakery. The whole point of this is don't be afraid to be stuck in the, I have to share content just about my business box. Think about letting your personality shine, letting people get to know you because maybe they don't come to your location and they haven't had a chance to see your staff and maybe they're just waiting for that moment. You, this is an opportunity to make a really good first impression and to build a relationship with your audience. So what are three to five pieces of advice you would share with the Socialized listeners about social media marketing? The first thing I would suggest is using visuals with every post, you, it was, whether it's a photo or a video um, or something like you know an, an image that's got text on it, the title of your blog post or a tip. Mm -hmm. We're living in a visual world right now, especially with social media, mm -hmm. and visuals are going to capture people's attention more than a text post does. Mm -hmm. So that's important when you're doing things like writing blog posts, if you want people to share your content, it needs to have a visual with it. Mm -hmm. People are pinning and tweeting you know, right from your website, and it needs that visual to go along with it. Mm -hmm. Another thing I would suggest is to make things that are shareable, things like checklists or infographics or quotes or an image with an interesting fact or stat or a slide share where you put a bunch of information together. People like to be in the know and share these kinds of things on their social media. Mm -hmm. Also, think about connecting with influencers, uh, other experts or people in your industry. Uh, share the things that they're writing and they're posting and make sure you're tagging them. And as you begin to do that, they'll 
be wondering, well, who's this person that's sharing my stuff? I'm really thankful that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. So they might seek you out. They might check you out and start to share your blog posts as well. You could also think about, you know, once you establish relationships with influencers, offer to guest blog for them or ask them to guest blog for you. So you can form this great relationship with influencers in your industry and you're all helping each other and um, helping people find your content and you can spread the word among their audiences about what you do. And lastly, I would, we talked about this measure. Every month, go over the stats for your social networks and find out which posts did really well and which didn't. Make sure that you are continuing to share the type of content that your audience interacted with the most. Mm -hmm. And look at those times and days. Just keep an eye on that. What times and days worked for you? And as you do this, you're going to get a better idea of how to connect with a specific audience for each network, connecting with them with the content they're interested in at the right days and times that they're looking for it. That's great advice. I love, you know, visuals are huge. Personally, for me, I go for the content that has the picture and it stands out. You know, people are so, there's so much content out there in the social media world and online as well that you have to find a way to kind of break out of the noise, as we say. And visuals and video are huge. And I mean, just to take it to Facebook, they're even saying that, that they're giving more weight to the live video than any other content because they really want people to interact and use the platform in that way. So they're giving more reach and then you can get more engagement from that. And then connecting with influencers, that's another aspect that I need, I know I need to do better. But when I go and share other people's content, if they're doing social media well, they will interact back. Like the big influencers that I would think that probably wouldn't, I've been really surprised where I'll get a tweet back from them, you know, just corresponding. And that's the whole point of social media. It's about being social. So don't be afraid to share other people's content, to tag them, to ask them questions, to interact, because that's what these tools are for. It's to have communications with other businesses, organizations, professionals, influencers. And you might be surprised. I, I know in the marketing industry, I, I was surprised at how supportive everybody was. Not that I think they wouldn't be, mm -hmm. but everybody really is supportive and they just want, you know, if they see something that's a really good blog post, they're going to share it and they're going to say on a tweet that it was a great post. And that feels really good. People in your industry want to support each other. Exactly. I found this work really well in like the lifestyle blogging world as well. So. I hate to use the term mommy bloggers, but they do build such a sense of community. They have blogging groups where they support one another and they'll share others' content and they build up these fan bases. And if you work well with their brand or they think that their audience is going to like you, they share your content out. So it, like you said, it's that sense of community and we all have we're creating our own content but we have to curate and so being able to provide valuable content that other people want to share and then you extend your reach you build up your platforms it's it will make things work better in the end so you have to make sure that you're going out there and connecting with others whether it's sharing their content reaching out to them like you said guest blogging but be in that community. I think that there are a lot of people, they just blog and they just kind of shut it off there where you want to be able to get people to comment and interact as well. 
And I think people might hesitate because they might think, well, these people might be my competition. Mm -hmm. But you can't be everything to everybody. You have to rely on these influencers to get to the information that really isn't your expertise or that you don't have time to figure out. You need each other to share and, and, and find all this information. Yeah. And one thing about competition, too, I see that in my space, in, my, in the industry, and there's so many pieces of the pie to go around. And there's so many different flavors of pie. Like I usually say, here, here we are in fall. But if you think about apples, you could be like the Granny Smith apple and somebody may have a preference for Red Delicious, which may be your competition. Or people may like the Granny Smith. So even though you're sharing other people's content that are essentially your competitors, it's you, it's your brand, it's your business, it's how people connect with you, it's the relationship chips that you've taken time to build on, on social media. And that's going to be what gets people to come to you. So don't be afraid to share the competition. You have to be confident in yourself. Definitely. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing all of your social media knowledge with us, Azure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and I will include the links in the show notes of all the tools and resources that we talked about. Is there any social media that you want to give a shout out to or how people can connect with you? Uh, well, on all the networks uh, we run, you know, we're always at slash constant contact. So Facebook.com slash constant contact, Twitter.com slash constant contact, mm -hmm. Pinterest.com slash constant contact. We're constant contact everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, on Twitter is probably the best way to get me. I'm at at, at Azure Collier. Awesome. And I will include that link as well. Once again, thank you so much, Azure. I took so many notes from this podcast interview as well, and I can't wait to check out the resources. I really appreciate you spending the day with us. Hey everybody, it's Janine O'Neill once again with J.O.'s take on this podcast interview with Azure Collier. Oh my gosh, so much amazing advice from Azure. One of the questions that I get asked most often is how do you manage multiple social media accounts and how do you make it worth your time and not feel overwhelmed? And Azure gave such valuable advice, knowing who your audience is, knowing the purpose of each platform, knowing the proper posting times and what type of content your audience wants out of that and utilizing these tools like Simply Measured or Hootsuite, Tailwind, like I said, I use Buffer. And even in the social media platforms like Facebook Insights, Instagram Insights, you can find that type of information and then check in once a month and apply it to your marketing. Maybe you thought the best posting time, like I said with my newsletter, I thought it was Wednesdays at noon and I polled my audience and was completely off. So don't sit there and try and make it a guessing game. Really take the data that's available to you and use it to apply to your marketing strategy. Another thing that Azure said that I find works really well for me and something that many people don't think about is repurposing your content. If you're taking the time to create a blog post, use it as an infographic, use it as some type of visual, take snackable quotes out of it, tweet it out. If you're writing a blog post about five ways to use Instagram. That could be five tweets, and essentially it could be 20 tweets. I know I've used this example before, but a tweet lasts about six seconds. So you can go back to that post a week, a month later, and maybe your audience didn't see it at that moment, but they might see it at that time. 
make sure that you're making the best use of your time. Create the content and then amplify it onto your social media accounts as many times that you can possibly do and get away with without annoying your audience. Like Azure said, their Twitter and their Pinterest is much more active and they can get away with posting multiple times during the day, whereas their other social media channels, they scale it back and don't post as much. Another great tip that Azure gave was about theming your content. When you know your platform and you know your brand and your positioning and your audience, you'll get a better understanding of what type of content they're looking for. But putting some simple structure into place, having a motivation Monday or a testimonial Thursday or a throwback Thursday, it doesn't even have to have a name to it. It's just you notifying yourself that that's the type of content that you're going to post. So there were so many tips and nuggets of advice. I thank Azure again for coming on this podcast. She did an amazing job at showing that social media doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. There are ways to take control of it, but you have to be able to put some time into it. Look at the numbers, look at your insights and analytics, figure out the content that is getting the most engagement, the popular times, and rinse and repeat. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let me know what you thought of it, whether you reply to the show notes, you share it to your social media, you connect with me, Azure, or Constant Contact on social media. I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast and have a great day.